say Shy City. Shy City. Shy City. I'm coming home again. Okay, here we are. We are recording on Friday, September 10th, 2021. Shug, I, I felt like I haven't seen you. Oh, wait, we were together all weekend. Yes, sir. Uh, good to see you virtually. Yeah. We're virtually, we're back on Zoom recording Shug and the Mooney episode 67. Yeah, for all anybody yeah. knows from like watching us, they probably think like we're two people that never met each other. <laughs> we're just pen pals and then we decided to do a show over like zoom but yeah we're we finally yeah we got to hang out for a while like we got to see each other because we gave each other shirts um but we only saw each other when we were giving each other when i was giving you the shirts um the various shook me the mooney shirts so it was cool to hang out and you know do stuff and go to ball games and wrestling and drink beer with you and eat with you oh we're gonna get into this we have a lot to talk about a lot and today's episode is sponsored by uber (laughs) fuck uber sorry guys i respect you drivers and everything but they that was a clusterfuck we'll get into it again yeah Uh, and then remember we 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 um we actually had the real life like uber racism test because oh, yeah. we, me and Mike were like sitting next to each other, like literally like a foot away from each other. He's to sit in front, yeah, right next to me. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to order uh, uh, Uber to go to an event from the same same place, going to the same place. And Mike orders one, I order one. And the price for Mike was like $2 less than me. It's $2, but I mean, like, why, like, he's a foot. In front of me, I know that foot was not two dollars worth, and then because I there was a tweet that I I, I I retweeted and I said it before. I remember I sent it to you, and I was like, Look at this! I was like, When we go to Chicago, like you're gonna yeah. have to order the Ubers because apparently it's cheaper for you. Um, ratings high, <laughs> who knows? Perhaps. I got a 4.91 reading, oh, maybe. Oh, Oh, I see. Show off. You're a show off here. <laughs> so uh, clearly it can't be that. And basically the same explanation they gave the person who tweeted that was the same explanation they tried to give me when I complained about it. it was, oh, it's surge pricing, blah, 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 blah. And it's a bunch of bullshit. Right? Uber, um, uh, you, you got some racist shit to, to um, answer for, basically. So, so basically a, a visual... Uh, that meme that's where it's like two guys' hands like this, and it says like the, you know me in the middle, the meme thing. That's exactly what we what we dealt with. It was was crazy, but we, yeah, we didn't even say like Chicago. We're in the Chicago area, yeah, uh, Midwest. I was hoodwinked. Uh, I was bamboozled. I was told I was going to Chicago, Michael. No, I was yeah, just like, but we 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 know the lay of the land now. So I yeah, think like yeah. on our next visit, we we know. But we'll get into it in a little bit. Yeah, no disrespect to uh, Schaumburg, Illinois, but I don't call you 
Shamberg. Sorry, guys. Shout out to City Works. My government lifesaver. Yeah, shout out City Works. Um, shout out to the one um bartender when I went there at like eleven o'clock, and they were about to close in like an hour. And she just saw me there looking like tired and hungry, and I looked like so depressed, but I just was not like tired and hungry. I won't yeah. lie, I was a little pissed off, but you know, that's between me and Michael. We'll get into um, it. Was and, and she walked by, and she was just like, Are you okay? And I was just like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Um, but yeah, we're gonna get into it. Uh, I want to tell everyone what we're gonna talk about today. We're also gonna talk about uh, just the regular stuff we always talk about sports and stuff. Uh, we're gonna talk about our trip to Chicago. Um, you know, and from there, we're gonna talk about uh, pro wrestling because that's the main reason why we went to chicago well i went to chicago and uh we uh wwe and aew if you're a wrestling fan it's a tumultuous relationship between wwe fans and aew um shout out to paul levesque hope you're feeling better um but we're going to talk about the whole situation with pro wrestling um because the you know it was a, it was a crazy weekend for uh, it's basically like Super Bowl weekend for uh, wrestling fans, you know WrestleMania. Um, but yeah, but uh, besides that, I want I want to I want to talk about something. Um, while I was coming home from Chicago, my phone was off obviously because like airplane mode and stuff, and I turned my phone on. And show you, you texted me and you sent the, the thing about Michael K. Williams. Uh, we want to talk about Michael K. Williams because uh, if those who don't know, Wire is like one of the most popular shows, underrated shows. Um, I was a huge fan of Warwick Empire. Uh, he played Omar on The Wire. Um, Chalky White on Warwick Empire, which is one of my favorite characters. And a show that I never got a chance to watch, uh, but show you loved it. Uh, yes. Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country from like a year ago. We were supposed to talk about it on the show. Um, we never did it though. I got to finally watch it. And uh, we got the sad news that he passed away. Uh, yeah. Fucking too young, 54. Uh, New York Post doing all the tabloid shit, but just, uh, you know, I want to talk about people who pass away, how they die, and everything. But I just want to respect the man and the uh, the artists, um, you know. So, what's your uh, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, man. Because um, it it was interesting how we we went to Chicago separately and left separately, but we were together the whole weekend. But how it happened was that I came like an hour earlier than Mike, but I ended up leaving a day later than Mike did. So I was kind of just hanging around in my hotel room, um, going through Twitter and um, watching uh, movies on the, the the thing. Not those kind of movies. They had like a Back to the Future marathon, so I was just watching that. Oh, oh back, back to the Future marathons every weekend. By the <laughs> way, it was the anniversary, though, of when Marty and Doc were in 1885. That's, that's near... That's beside the point. Yeah, I, so I was just chilling um, going through um twitter and roy woods jr who i'd like to talk about big fan comedian you know you all know him from the daily show um i follow him on twitter 
And mm-hmm. I just saw the first tweet I saw when I refreshed and went to the top of my, my Twitter, my, my timeline. He was saying how I just want to see um, black entertainers grow old. Mm-hmm. And then I knew somebody and not just somebody, but somebody special had passed away. And I went to the trend in, and of course, Michael K. Williams passed away from a drug overdose. Um, from what the toxicology reports say is that he had um he took heroin and it was laced with fentanyl. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons why, like, um, even if you dabble in drugs such as not not that you should. Well, you shouldn't. I'm not judging anybody, but you experiment with um, man-made drugs. Um, talking about non-weed type of drugs. Um, what's happening now is like cocaine, crack, fentanyl. Um, if you dabble in that, or you know somebody that dabbles in that, there is a chemical known as fentanyl, which a lot of people is very cheap to acquire and it's very cheap to like cut the drugs with. So um, a lot of drug dealers or, um, you know, makers of drugs, they're, you know, cutting their drugs with it. But the thing about it is it's a very lethal substance and it takes, but like a drop of it sometimes for somebody to pass away from it. So if you are using those drugs, like I said, I wouldn't recommend using those drugs, period. But if you are, um, try to be as diligent about it as possible because that hit might be your last hit. And unfortunately with him, that was his last hit. And I got to say, like my first thing is like like my first um, reaction to it was that um I was a bigger fan of Michael K. Williams the person he was a very deep individual and you know I watched Boardwalk just like Mike mentioned that, that you know he was a fan of Chalky White I was a fan of Chalky White too and I even forgot um I didn't even when he passed away I didn't even think about um boardwalk because everybody was posting omar from the wire you know him playing omar and i didn't even think about chalky white Mm. but what i did think about was i remember i used to see him or like see him do interviews or listen to him doing interviews and he was a very deep intelligent thoughtful individual and i just remember one interview in particular i think he did with like bill simmons for the ringer where one of the, you know, and he was just talking about his life being a New Yorker, starting off modeling, how we got into acting. I said, I touched a whole bunch of subjects. Brooklyn and native. Brooklyn native. Yeah. So it, it definitely hit on like so many levels as, you know, a fellow New Yorker, a fellow New York Knicks fan. Um, just a fan of his work as an actor. Like Mike said, I, like I thoroughly enjoyed what he did on Lovecraft country. I think he's he's up for the for the for the Emmy, and you know if he wins it, I think he should win it. I don't think it's gonna be like you know um, given out of charity. I think he earned it because it was a very special character and a very 
special amount of acting. And I, I think especially for somebody who um grew up I kind of had like a close uh, on and off relationship with, with their dad. And right now, person like personally, my father's like in a hospital right now dealing with stuff. So I'm I'm my my thoughts and prayers are with him like at you know every moment um at the moment. It, it spoke to me how he played um, Jonathan Major's father the, on that on show, and it, it was very special how he did it. But going back to the interview that he did, um, I don't to take up all the time because I know Mike got, got some words. Um, he was talking about, like, because, um, you know, Omar was, like, the big bad, like, basically the hood boogeyman. Like, one of the most famous clips is, like, the when he come through and everybody's like Omar's coming, Omar's coming, mm-hmm. and he's like walking with his shotgun and his trench coat, and just like looking for people, like looking for this house. And everybody, like you know, that's famous even if you ain't watched The Wire. But the thing about Omar was he was gay, and he mm-hmm. was openly gay, but he was the most scariest and most feared person on our show. So nobody was going to be like, oh, I don't scare him. He, I'm not scared of him because he was gay. So Bill Simmons was talking to him about, you know, how, what, what that meant playing that character. Like, how did he have the courage to play a gay character as a black man on a show that's primarily black and probably has, like, uh majority of the audience being black and you know knowing the amount of hyper masculinity and the alleged homophobia in the black community what was it like playing a gay man and he was just talking about how well you know the thing that that got him open to playing our role was the fact that when he was growing up his role model and his mentor was a woman who was a lesbian and you know what we know today as like a stud which is like you know a lesbian woman that yeah. you know, dresses like a man has a hair cut short, short like a man talks like a man etc cetera, etc cetera. um and he was like that he learned to be a man from this gay woman so it was very much about like it's very much about like you know um the definition of masculinity you know what I'm saying? It, you can't, like, you could be gay and hyper-masculine. You could be straight and hyper-masculine. You could be a woman and be a hyper-masculine. And him saying that, it kind of, like, opened my eyes. I was like, yeah, he, he, he's right. So that's, yeah. that's one of the things that was um impacted on me. And like I said, I was a fan of Michael K. Williams, the person, because I thought he was a very deep and intelligent dude. I think I honestly, I think I might have seen him do a QA and a um, when Boardwalk was rocking and rolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to check probably what 2010 yeah. a long time ago man it was uh they would have these uh New York Times uh, Q&A's I saw Phil Sherman Hoffman another person lost too soon with the hair the hair on the heron you know um I saw him when Capote came out and it was funny because he was like a funny guy they kept playing the same clip over and over again by accident Mm-hmm. So there's a scene from uh, Capote, if you've if, if you ever seen it, 
where yeah. uh, it's it's Capote like drunk or whatever at like a lounge, and he's like talking about like his whole like I split my pants and my ass was out. This is this just a funny like moment, mm-hmm. and they kept showing it over and over. And after the third time, Sebastian Hoffman's like laughing. He's like like just like looking at us, and he's like, "All right," he's like laughing. And it reminded me of uh, Chris Farley's show in SNL when uh. Uh, what's his name? Jeff Daniels hosted. He was respect. He was like a you know theater actor and stuff. And then he got famous for Dumb and Dumber. And they, they kept saying like, "Oh, he's a Shakespeare actor," you know, whatever. whatever. And they kept showing the, the the scene from Dumb and Dumber where he's like on the bowl. Yeah. They kept showing it like four times in a row. And Jeff Daniels is like, "Oh man, I, I do more than that. I'm doing more than <laughs> that." So that reminded me of that. And he was one of my favorite actors. So me, uh, me and Sugar are huge Boogie Night fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, P.T. Anderson, oh, just check out all the stuff. But I want to go off. I don't want to go off the rails. Um, going back to Boardwalk Empire, one of my favorite scenes uh, had had to do with Chalky White, and it's the when they have um, you know like Steve Buscemi's character and um, Chalky White are like meeting and they're like you know finding common ground and stuff. And uh, he kept he keeps saying mother, motherfucker. He keeps saying motherfucker over and over again. And then uh, Steve Buscemi's like, "What's motherfucker?" Like, what does, what does motherfucker mean? Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because like you think about it, where the words come from, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, that was that was sad to hear. Uh, creative people, there, a lot of people are tormented. Who knows? I'm gonna go back to a few minutes ago with fentanyl. I lost Prince. We lost Prince to him, uh, to uh, to fentanyl. Um, he 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 had a, he had an addiction uh, on and off. Um, that's how he went out and said. Uh, but it's because it was laced with fentanyl, and uh, I know a lot of people that deal with that. You got to be careful because, um, like you said, they lace it with it. Uh, back in the day, in the seventies and eighties and stuff, they would lace it with like. Uh, with baby aspirin or whatever, or cocaine and stuff. Now it's very cheap fentanyl. First time you ever do it, you're done. Like you, uh, going back two years ago, there was a there was a uh, officer, a uh, police officer, who or a EMS, uh, EMS guy. He died from someone sweating, sweating out fentanyl. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, like in late 2019. Uh, there was a guy who was trying to resuscitate someone who was OD and on fentanyl and he died the next day based off of just like the whatever, like, which is crazy. Yeah. That's scary. I know it's, it's, it's manufactured. It's chemicals. You can, you know, it's, it's, if you indulge, be careful, you know, but, uh, yeah. And like Michael K. Williams, just to keep like celebrating the actor, hmm? like, Boardwalk Empire and playing Chalky White, you know, we, we always talk about it, too, where it's like these movies or these shows that are set in, like, historical periods, right? They um they go out of their way, but sometimes they don't go out of their way to not include, like, people of color, because it's like, alright, well, it's the 1800s, so, you know, white people were, you know, black people weren't here. Um, But Chalky White they made sure to say, all right, well, they were, it's a gangster thing and it's a gangster story. And during prohibition, um, 
there were black gangsters and there were white gangsters and Italian gangsters and Irish gangsters, but the black gangsters are never really shown. And he portrayed one. And the thing about it was like, it's funny because he was kind of typecast as like a thug, mm-hmm. but like Chalky White was always like a criminal, but he, in his personal life, he was like dignified. Like his daughter was, um, becoming like a her his son was becoming a lawyer and his daughter I think was becoming like some kind of like a academic and she was marrying like a doctor and the doctor was like scared of him um or, or the, the daughter's boyfriend was scared of him because you know he knew about his like criminal past and at some point I think like Chalky White needed like medical help and the boyfriend came and helped I I I can't remember because it's been years since I watched the boardwalk, mm. but he was always so great. And then I just remembered before we even recorded, I wanted to talk about it when they see us, um, you know, the story about the central park five and um, basically why, you know, the justice system entirely failed these like five young men um, afterwards. And he played one of the kids fathers. I believe it was Kevin Richardson, but I might be wrong. But he played Kevin Richards' father, and um, it kind of showed how, you know, he was being protective of his son, right? And at some point, when they had his son and was holding him, and then he came down, like, the police and the DA, um, they pulled up his current criminal history, the father, who was played by Mike, Michael K. Williams. I was just like, listen if you don't get your son to sign this um, statement saying that he did this, you know, we could put you back in jail. Like you want to go back to jail. And then like, he instantly turned and then he was telling his son, listen, you got to tell them what you got. You, you got to tell them what they want to hear. Well, mm-hmm. we're not going to get out of here. Da, 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 da. And it ended up causing his son years of his life. And then when his son got out, this is a true story, by the way, mm-hmm. when his son got out, he was very sick and he ended up, um, the relationship was strained to the point that when the father was dying, like he didn't even care. The son didn't care because essentially the, the father became selfish because, you know, they used the two against each other. And like I said, true story, but the way he acted was just so beautiful. I don't remember. I was watching a clip and I was just like, Michael K. Williams, Michael K. Williams is, is in this, like, I need to watch it. And he had that kind of like, um, screen presence and mm. I seen him with Jonathan Majors and I believe Jonathan Majors is supposed to play um Clubber Lang's son in like the next Creed movie with Michael B. Jordan and I, I remember tweeting out like a couple months ago I was like I think after I was watching after Love um Lovecraft Country had, had ended and I was like yo Michael K. Williams is so great I was like I would love if Michael K. Williams played like a mentor trainer to Jonathan Majors, you know, after their chemistry in Lovecraft Country. I was like, mm-hmm. it would be, it would, that would be nice to see. And unfortunately, we won't get to see it. And it's interesting. I was really pissed off when Lovecraft Country ended because, you know, um, HBO announced it wasn't coming back for another season, mm-hmm. even though it was so great and critically acclaimed. And of course, he's going to win the Emmy, Lord willing, knock on wood. Um, but now that he's passed away, it's like, wow, they would have did another season without him. 
Um, mm. so it's it's funny how like life works out like that. But R.I.P. Michael K. Williams. Um, you know, um, Mike always jokes that you know we all every week we always have to do like a R.I.P. Mm. Like it seems like every other week we do one. Um, but you know we we like to celebrate people here and we'd like to appreciate. Well, we appreciate him. And, uh, yeah, and we're gonna talk about uh wrestling later on but I just, while we're on the subject of losing someone too soon we got to talk about Daphne um yeah Unger um it, it it was shocking because it was about a week ago uh I was watching it on Twitter and they were saying that they there was an Instagram thing where like you know I don't want to get into you know, I'm, not, I'm not gonna get involved with it I'm, I'm not gonna get all you know what happened but like watching it like pretty much unravel in front of us mm-hmm. um and it's someone who um you know i i've been wrestling well, i've been watching wrestling forever so she was of a, a big deal in tna um and even a couple of years ago too with the nwa came back and then uh even impact came back um it was just it was uh hard to see someone who any creative person or you know athletes too we've seen it with NFL players too. Uh, like when you get to a point and it's crying for help and all that, and it's it's mental health month, September. So uh, if you're everyone's feeling anything, just talk to someone. It's important. Um, I want to shout out to Mick Foley. We all love Mick, you know Mick Foley. Yeah. Um, he was one of the first people that I saw like tweeting about it, and uh, he's doing like a donate. He's doing like a charity thing for it. Uh, so just check that out if if you're listening. Yeah, and she yeah. she 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 um kind of made an impression on me too. And I was kind of disappointed when we went to like the AEW huh? shows, and I didn't. I thought I, I assumed they would have did something for her, but you know, as a kid, like when we were doing those WWE biographies, I always say even though wrestling is meant to be entertainment, um, and for kids of our age at the time you know in our developmental stages you know it was a lot of like Hmm. hidden messages that were kind of like taught to us and i remember when she was obviously i don't watch tna so i didn't know anything about her tna time but i was i know her from wcw with david flair and crowbar and david flair was kind of portray came out as like this like comedic character because he was Ric Flair's son wrestling royalty and he was supposed to be you know the limousine riding um private jet flying da 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 junior and supposed to have all these beautiful women and da 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 and they had him with like Stacey Keebler when she was Miss Hancock and if I'm not mistaken, like Tori Wilson or something like that too, right? In real life, Stacey Keebler in real life too. Yes. So he was like involved with them in in the storyline, and then he kind of like after a while he was just like, nah, like this Ric Flair Junior shit. It's not me. I'm not Ric Flair. I'm David Flair, and he kind of went like his own route and um found like a girl that was like got him, which was like Daphne. And she was off the wall, and she was meant to kind of be like the ew compared mm-hmm. to like a Stacey Keebler. But as me as a kid watching, I was just like, 
Yeah, maybe that's 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 what you need to do. It ain't like maybe you just need a girl that gets you. You don't need to get the hot girl. You need a girl that gets you, and that's kind of what like Daphne represented to me. So, yeah, I definitely was like saddened by her passing, and like Mike said, Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, well, every day really should be like mental health awareness. We need to talk about um all of these things. Um, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Absolutely, it's the same as any physical. It's your brain is a muscle. Uh, going one last thing with Daphne is that um, we're gonna talk about it eventually. Um, with CM Punk, uh, Daphne was like one of his one of his uh, like ballets early on. So he tweeted on Friday morning. It was like or Thursday morning. It was like I don't want to talk about pro wrestling today. But the whole thing about pro wrestling is great because it's community. Uh, show you saw it this weekend. We're we were uh, basically at a convention, and there's a community out there. Um, you know, you just there's someone to talk to if you want to talk. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into that. Um, yeah, but before that, um, Chicago trip we're gonna talk about. We got the WWE AEW. Uh, before we kick off the first segment. We have a new segment here. It's uh, an award show. You have an award you're going to give out. Yeah. So, yeah, at the end of the show, um, before we do our final thoughts, oh, okay. I thought of a new segment where, you know, you know us from in retrospect or when we celebrate the life of um, certain individuals um, or talk about people who've been unsung. And there's just very, various moments throughout the week that I hear or I see something or I watch something. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, like this person like deserves credit for like this. So going forward, um, what we're going to do is give out an award of the week or award sometimes. And um, it's going to be up on our YouTube channel. So you guys could like, share and subscribe that. But that will be towards the end of the show. So stay tuned. Absolutely. We're gonna rock and roll with that. And uh here we are, Show Me the Mooney, episode 67. Let's 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 jump in. All right, here we are with September 10th, 2021. But last week during Labor Day weekend, Shug accompanied me to Chicago area, uh Schaumburg, Illinois. Uh we had a top guy weekend. Ad free shows, shout out to them. Appreciate everything you do, uh, but we, we got to coordinate it better because we were in the middle of nowhere, upstate Illinois, Chicago. I mean, um, I knew it was going to be a little issue. We'll, we'll get into it, but I, things were spread out. Um, so, you know, I went into that knowing it was going to be like kind of like iffy, um, but Chuck was a gentleman. Uh, going to all the shows and stuff. It was an issue with uh, transportation, which we'll get into. Um, but I just want to shout out to just like, you know, Ed Free Shows and Conrad Thompson. Uh, it does a nice little invite. Um, I don't know, Shug, did you expect to see Ric Flair outside in the lobby? And I'm like, Ric Flair's here. Yeah, I thought I would have seen him again, but, you know. To show him my, you know, pay my my respects. I wanted to at least show him 
that video I've been posting because it is, really is like some prophetic shit he said in there. I was like, wow, and that's why like a lot of rappers are um influenced by him, and that's why like you seeing him, you know, on the Ric Flair drip with the Migos, and you know he pops up, you know, um Chief Keef, Chicago. Uh, absolutely, you know, talks about him on um don't like. So you know he he's you know flashy and and shit like that. That's the rap lifestyle. So he's he's always had like a big impact on um hip hop on the hip hop community. So I would have loved to have seen him again. But we saw him. We saw um his daughters. I think or you yeah, like yeah. I, I think I seen they were there. Yeah, you know, well, they're married. They're like in laws. So they were there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, there was one I was like surprised to see there, considering. I know. I mean, top top person in a different promotion. Um, they seem uh, again. Well, her father and her um significant other um mm-hmm. were there. Right. So yeah, they had they had the um. So I guess she had to. I guess it it, it you know time permitted her to be around. I apologize yeah, but, to the lay people that don't care about wrestling. That's listening to this is like, what the fuck are we talking about? But you know, people who are in the know about pro wrestling know what we're talking about. Um, and my ass is kicked. Uh, Rick Flair did it for forty years. That one trip kicked my ass, and you know, I, I don't know how these guys did it for all these de- these women, men and women did it for decades. Um. But yeah, so when we got there to Chicago, um, you know, I rolled up a little overwhelmed because I haven't really traveled. Of course, none of us have really traveled uh, that much since COVID. Um, but this was, you know, in the books. And I was like, all right, we're going to do it. We're going to rock and roll. Um, so, you know, I was, you know, overwhelmed with like, whoa, like we're doing this, I'm doing that. And got the hotel apparently it was like closed like there was like no one really else there just like they, they threw down money just to like keep it open and which was terrible because we were you know supposed to get like you know food and stuff um basically we, i felt like for star trek fans oh we're gonna lose people now here we go so i told my wrestling we're talking about star trek now but like i felt like i was on like you lose me <laughs> Yeah, I felt like I was at the there's a bar in the next generation where John Luke Picard they would like you know they would carouse, but it was the only place you can go in the whole you know the whole ship. And I felt like wow, like if you don't have anything, like you're like good luck. Because we finally got to get go to a CVS. Um, but it's like the amenities, I take it for granted, but you know, coming from where we're coming from. Where it's like, wow, like we gotta like make sure we I have uh napkins and stuff, like you never know. Um but yeah, anyway, so when we got there Friday, overwhelming. You took over the glasses, you know, explain the glasses. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I will. All right, so I'm wearing these the whole time. Jeff Jarrett, shout out. All right, he's one of the guys who was part of the whole experience, the whole weekend experience. Uh Jeff Jarrett is a professional wrestler, uh, second generation maybe third no, second generation um so basically let me just like fill out the whole thing i didn't want to get into the wrestling yet but convention think comic-con 
big New York Comic Con or San Diego Comic Con? Um, I've been to New York Comic Con, so I wouldn't. They're surely not San Diego Comic Con, right. but they, it was a it was a convention. It was something. It was if yeah. you follow us on social media, it's you'd you'd see what what it yeah. was. So basically, it was supposed to be a get together and everything, but a week before um, we went. I got an email saying basically, hey, everything we promised, COVID. So like the market in the hotel was closed pretty much. Uh, no no restaurant. Thank God again, uh, City Works. God bless you. Um, but we, if that wasn't there, like what would we have done? Um, but anyway, so. <laughs> Went across uh, the street to Longhorn Steakhouse. Yeah, but who or Olive Garden that you were so enamored by. All right, shout out Virgil. Um, no, but seriously, like, um, yeah, so like, like a ballroom, and I'm there trying to find my room. I got lost. I got schmuck. I didn't find my. And they go, "Oh, yeah, you're on the next floor." No, I was on the. I was in the lobby, and I was like, I was lost. I felt like all like overwhelmed and stuff. We finally meet up, and I start seeing these people like linger in uh top you, you got like legends from growing up and i'm wearing the glasses from jeff jarrett he was one of the speakers uh of of the of the weekend and when we got there um the first show was like a live podcast and it was just to explain because people are listening to this i'm not watching this um at the event they gave out gift bags uh one of the items that was given was um these shades that Jeff Jarrett wore throughout his time and well towards his, the end of his WWE run and his entire um second run in WCW and I think like his run in uh TNA which he was like the big guy the the head guy of that company and they gave um these glasses out as as part of the gift bag um, so Mike's wearing them right now as we're, we're talking about this. Sure. So we saw the opening thing, the first event. Um, and Suge appreciated this. Everyone like came, they were, they, they were loopy. I'm going to tell you guys straight up. They were loopy. They were like, the hair was like, like if they had a toupee, it would be on like backwards. They're all like, fuck off. Like in Ricky Gervais in the office, like, just like you know taking the piss out of everything and just uh i didn't appreciate that i was like you know come on let's let's this is a show you know i do respect that you know people want to let loose who are we talking about now just every single person except for jeff jarrett oh yeah so you're talking about the actual like people that that were talking yeah yeah so um so there were, there were a panel of different shows, live versions of a podcast that you can find anywhere. Uh, I felt that they were kind of like, you know, just like not taking it that serious, but Jeff Jarrett did, and he was the highlight. Uh, that's why I'm rocking the I'm rocking the glasses. No, no, no. Like if I was in the ballroom of like the Hyatt Regency of like Schaumburg. Um, no offense, I might have probably just I'd have probably been like, you know, shooting the shit too. Or it, I wasn't gonna come up there like, 
well, I'm gonna <laughs> here we <laughs> are. Like, I have like a whole like spiel. Like, like yeah, I guess you didn't like it, but I I, I thought it was fine. No, I like, it. I enjoy hearing Jeff Jarrett. They kind of did like a mean tweets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thing with him and like Conrad Thompson, who I just know was like the fat guy with the beard. So I was just like, Mike, that's the fat guy with the beard, right? And it's like, yeah. Um, but he seems nice, and he he put together the the whole thing. So it was it was yeah, it, it was what it was. No disrespect. It was great. I mean, um, you know, no disrespect. Uh, it was great. Uh, it was just overwhelming, basically. But aside from the wrestling stuff. Very one of the highlights of the weekend was finally getting to experience Wrigley Field, uh, Chicago Cubs um, stadium or field. It was Saturday. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are um, following the Cubs because right now the Cubbies are not really top tier right now. So we had the Chicago Cubs and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Bottom of the barrel, no offense, sorry guys, but um, they were playing like it was like November, the first week of November in the World Series. That was fun. Yeah, so woke up. Um, beforehand, I thought Mike, like whatever we do, I want to make sure I want to go to Wrigley Field. Um, if the Cubs are playing, because I was like, it's always been a dream of mine. You know, when you watch games on TV. And not only that, but when you play like video games, like you you go to these places, but you don't actually go. Um, so I had to to see it. I had to see the Ivy. I had to see the marquee. Um, you know, I had to sit down like the I wanted to sit down the, the left field line, like Steve Bartman, because you know the re- the year I really really got into baseball was two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Um. But we we were down the right field line, which is like a cozy corner. I remember I was telling Mike, I was like, I love it. Everybody knows I, I have a whole nother life in MLB the show. So I was always I, I told Mike, I was like, I love like this corner. If I ever hit the ball here, it's a triple or it's a home run. So I love it. Um, And I wanted to see everything. I wanted to see the rooftop, um, the, the rooftops where they have seating. I wanted to see Wrigleyville. Um, and I remember I told Mike beforehand, or I told him after the game when we was walking around the stadium, I think there was one bar on the corner of the street across from where the left field seats were and then one bar across the street from center field. And I was like, before the Ricketts bought um, the Cubs and they basically renovated the whole area around that the, those two were the only like bars around here, but if you go there now, it's like all these bars and restaurants, and it looks so cool. And it's just like a place where you can hang out. Um, when there is a game, um, uh, I'm assuming when there isn't a game, like it's probably not as much people, but it still looks like the type of place you could go to. Um, and then when you even keep going down the street. There's all these bars and restaurants and stuff like that. I remember Mike was like, oh, I don't think I want to hang out around here. And I was uh, like, those places are like sketchy. And I'm like sitting there like uh, where like all these like people are like in the the city. 
uh, it it, tr- it tr- drew me off because I was like, we were up in Schaumburg, which is like in the middle of nowhere, and he felt more comfortable there. But you know, it okay. each his own. Well, hey, I'm the one who doesn't even do anything, you know. And the guy goes, "That's the weed dealer." The guy pointed me out. I was like, "We're going home." <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I'll show you. I'm the city guy. He's he's the not so the the suburb city adjacent guy. No, I could I could read people. Uh, this is like it felt like um, college town. Chicago was big. You know, it felt like it was like like a college town. Um, and I appreciate it and everything. I liked it. Um, it, it was neat. Picture. What well, we forgot to paint the picture that you were wearing a New York Yankees hat in Wrigley. Let's let's rock. Was oh, you didn't care. You were like, all right, we're gonna rock and roll. I'm wearing my Yankees hat. No, you know, usually when I went to the Yankee Stadium, like people wearing like different random hats and stuff. Um, yeah, because people the sometimes they show up to be like a dick. Yeah, and I remember you asked me, and I was just like, "Okay, like, I, you know what? It's like, like I told you, I was like, if it was sunny out, which Mm. the next day it was, because I was watching a game at City, we were watching a game at City Works. I was like, look at the weather. Like, why couldn't it be like that? It was like a dreary, gloomy day, so I didn't know if it was gonna rain or not. So I was just like, all right, I need something to cover my my head, but. And that's the only hat I had, my my Yankees hat. But the only person, like the whole day, that I, like was like, oh man, Yankees hat was um the kid like checking the tickets, and um he didn't even say it in like a asshole way. So I was, he was just like, oh man, Yankees, and I was just like, it was, but like the Cubs fans, like they were cool as shit, like very um. I would say friendly because then like somebody like came out of their way to like you know like oh yeah how are you guys you this is your first time at Wrigley or anything like that but it was like cool like they you know I was like why is this guy wearing like a Yankees hat here because I think it's like a certain kind of like etiquette like when you go to a ball game and your team's not playing like I don't think like you should wear like like if I showed up in my like Garrett Cole in my Garrett Cole like jersey. On my Yankee side, I would have been like, "Whoa!" Like you know, I could understand like somebody being like, "What is this guy's problem?" Um, but I was just wearing my Yankees hat and my Shook Me the Mooney shirt and khakis, and we was chilling. We had a good ass time. Um, got to try out like a Shook. The one thing we didn't do is like we didn't get to try out um authentic Chicago deep dish pizza, not from like Uno's, like but from like an actual like Chicago restaurant but the layout of the city is that you know the cubs are the north siders the socks are the the south siders so it's like um and then like downtown chicago is like in between both of them so like the cubs are basically on like the most northern part of chicago so we didn't really get to go downtown downtown but you know we we know the lay of the line now so if either of us or we ever go together again we know what to expect absolutely and uh i'm just painting a picture because with the hat i'm painting the picture because it was it was a great game it was it was a fun game um we had a very close ending you know we had the uh last play pretty much a walk-off they they came back they came back in the night so it was really like it was yeah. really like intriguing to watch. 
and I I felt like either like the Pirates were gonna win, or when they tied it up, I was like, oh, all right, so we're gonna see like you know Manfred's you know um carnival, um circus extra inning yeah. rules shit in person, but it was an intriguing game and like. We were sitting on a, the right field line, so I have like a clear view of like first base, and it was like a close play where, um, the guy who hit in the winning run was pretty close at first base, and to me, from my naked eye, and even when I watched like the replay on the scoreboard, and even when we went out to eat afterwards, and they were showing the highlights, I was like, he was out, but it was just me, and I'm like, I don't like, I, I didn't even have anything against the Cubs or Cubs fans or anything like that. I'm like, I know I'm wearing like a Pitt Panthers because I went to Pitt, but you, everybody knows my disdain that I have for the city of Pittsburgh, especially the Pirates. Well, especially the Steelers, but you know, the Pirates and the Penguins, I hate. Um, So it wasn't like I was like caping for them. It was just like, I'm looking dead at the play and I'm like, he was out, but it's neither here nor there. We have fun. It was an interesting yeah. game. It, it would have been yeah. Terrible if it was just like very, very one sided. Yeah, the ambience was amazing at Wrigley. Um, we had great hot dogs too. They had the little Kaiser sort of Kaiser roll hot dog version of a Kaiser roll, and it was uh, yeah. nice little seeds. We enjoyed that. that was yeah, it good. was neat. Like, they you know, usually when you get a hot dog at a ball game, um, actually, they are like three different types of hot dogs. Like, it yeah, was like yeah. a regular hot dog, they had Polish sausage. And then they had Italian um, sweet sausage. And, you know, when you go to a ball game, the only toppings they give you is um, ketchup and mustard, maybe some um, relish. But they actually had ketchup, mustard, um, peppers, uh, their own, like, pickled relish, um, grilled onions, like, you don't have to ask for it. They just had it out there. Tomatoes and, like, a whole, like, pickle. And me, I, I took advantage. And it was probably, like, one of the best uh, hot dogs I had. I paid for it the next day, but I think yeah. they there. That's a shame, though, because the next day, we'll get into, we're talking about the, at, at an arena nearby, about almost an hour or 40, 40 minutes, um, show we had a hot dog. They had nothing. They don't catch up packets. They had, they made you do the holding yourself. I'd rather have the packets myself during, especially during these times. Of course, you know the COVID and stuff. Yeah, it um, was very it was underwhelming compared to Wrigley, but you know it was on my bucket list, and I was surprised because when we went, we walked past like the um the buildings where the rooftop seats were, and I'm thinking like these are actual buildings where people live in, and it was all <laughs> like hollowed out like a oh yeah furniture store like showroom. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, felt I, like, I just, it felt like Universal Studios, like the fake, fake yeah, 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 something like that. Like, like, yeah, um, fake. it was different. I was like, I really was expecting like people were just on their porch, like, oh, it's a couple game today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but you know, none of that stuff was there before the um, Ricketts bought the, the Cubs, which you mm-hmm. know, I, during their ownership, they finally were able to win a World Series after like 108 years. Um, so I gotta be thinking of like the Drake. None of this was here before us. We mm. started this, and um, 
the I, I just I was walking around. I was telling Mike, I was like, man, I wish it was like this at Yankee Stadium where you could just hang out, whether you got tickets again, where you don't. But I also was very realistic in where I was like, well, you know, if they tried to do something like that, it would probably in, involve a whole bunch of like gentrification. Because even if you like, you go to like Barclays Center, like Brooklyn, like they still have the mom and pop shops and stuff like that. Like very few of them. But, you know, um, other than, like, that Shake Shack, it hasn't been, like, hmm. someplace where you'd hang out before and after the games. Um, even though, like, the Barclays Center took out, like, a lot of um, houses and businesses that were there. So I'm thinking, like, if they were to try to do something like that on 161st Street, um, it wouldn't um, – it, it, it probably wouldn't work out in a way that people didn't get screwed over. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we wouldn't be able to go to the the Spanish bar that we usually go to before games. But they did see it. It did seem like it had like a lot of like bars and stuff like that that been there beforehand. A lot of different businesses that were there beforehand that still like survive. So who knows? Um, this is for the next mayor and the next governor of New York to try to figure out some way that you could go to Yankee Stadium and City Field and it'd be, you know, because that's a new thing with baseball, like the baseball, like villages, like trying mm. to build it up, build up the areas around it. And Chicago, the Cubs, they did a, a really, really good job. So I, I, I commend them out a really good time. And yeah. happy. I want to do it again. I want to go to to um whatever the hell they call in Comiskey Park these days. Yeah, I would love, yeah, I'm more of a Sox guy. Yeah, I, I would have went, I would have loved that. I found uh, like it wasn't even like, um, all over and even when we went to the airport um mm, you know how yeah. here it's like yankees mets and it'd be 60 40 mm-hmm. depending on where you're at like everywhere i go it was all cub shit like I, like maybe there was like a random like white Sox hat and it's interesting because like you said like the the white Sox, they're gonna win the division and go to the playoffs this year and the cubs they're rebuilding so it's not like it's 2016 where it's like the Cubs are up high and the, the White Sox are down low. It's kind of, kind of the opposite now. Yeah, I felt like Dan Connors from Roseanne. Going to, we went to the mall in the suburbs and everything was Cubs. And I feel like the Cubs, I always equated the Cubs to with the Mets, but the Cubs were like, I don't want to sound like, I don't want to paraphrase uh, Mike Francesca, but when the Cubs are the Cubs, the Cubs are the Cubs. No, but no bear stuff, socks, white socks, very limited. Uh, bulls, no bulls, like it was crazy. I was like, I, I mean, also all those things. You must have been walking in there with like one eye covered over your eye. Now, I was, I was this close to getting a W uh glass for as like a memento for someone. Are you talking about like the one that was right across from Wrigley Seal? No, back in the mall, like in the mall, I saw like. I didn't see white sauce shit, but I saw bulls and beers. Well, the so, bears in the back, you know. They were yeah. right in front because I bought my dad, my stepdad. I bought him a yeah. hat, and I was gonna buy him a shirt, but I think that would have been a bridge too far because he's a cowboy fan. Yeah, and we we what? Hey, let's talk about it. The regulars, the mean the regulars, the um, the locals. One of the pre, one of the people in the mall, awesome. The guy in where you bought the shirts and stuff, awesome guy. I love the locals, but I feel like some of them are like kind of like 
snobbish. And I was like, oh, I didn't expect it. Maybe I'm like overtly polite, like being like overtly like, like, you know, leave me alone. Like that, 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 that's the vibe I got from, but some of the people, half the people, I guess, Chicago, love you guys. Yeah, I, I kind of got that from the people at the wrestling stuff, but. The, well, the, they're all like transplant. They're not transplants, but they were like traveling. The, but, uh, yeah, the people, uh, like the people that I encountered, like in a mall and stuff. People, people, like they didn't like. I don't know, Mike. Will, will you expect them to be like, "Oh my God, you're from New York"? Like I gotta be like the yes. welcome welcoming committee of like Illinois yes. and the entire <laughs> Midwest because it looks like you haven't been here before. <laughs> hey, would you like a beer that was brewed at an Illinois brewery? Would you like some yes. water bread? Would you like some deep dish pizza? Yes. Like, do you want me to cut it in, in slices for you? Like, I, yes. I wasn't expecting none of that shit. I know. Yeah. I guess I. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I get it. You know. I'm. Some random person coming over with like, you know, I get it. Yes, I get it. Totally. Yeah. It was I, just like we went to a mall and it was just like <laughs> people at a mall. Like I, I, I've worked in a mall before, so I've <laughs> never seen somebody just like be overtly polite either. Like I we know, went to the, yeah, the, yeah. the the one store and the one guy like he was he was really cool. I mean, both of us went. We, they were like really cool, but I don't think <laughs> anybody was like a snob. So I'm not gonna yeah I don't disrespect know. I don't the people of um. Schomburg or anybody who um who who travels to that area to go to the mall in Schomburg. Yeah, yeah, I love you. you guys are all the best. Sorry. I what you just said like two minutes ago. <laughs> I know. All right. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, you if you know, you go there, uh, we had the hotels, we had the places to eat and stuff. Um, but we also did wrestling stuff too. And because I'm a wrestling fan, we both are wrestling fan fans. Um, we also uh, indulged in uh, pro wrestling, and I'm going to highlight AEW. We're talking about AEW in the next. Uh, anything else about Chicago or the area, Chicago area? You want to talk about besides? Uh, oh, it was neat. I um, liked it. The Uber drivers were cool. Um... Mike would cram me behind the the driver who would for some reason have his seat like all the way back. Um, almost oh, I didn't my ass. But yeah, it's neither. Yeah, it, we we got where we had to go, and that's that's usually their their job. And they weren't very very like super duper like talkative, um, which I like personally. I had the opposite. The last thing I'll say about Chicago on my way back Monday morning, I left the day earlier uh, than Shug. Um, Danny, Danny from Uber. How are you? He gave me a whole baseball, uh, a whole baseball thing. He was like, you know, he's from Canada. Um, I'm sure I gave him my card because we have the cards now. So I, he was talking about baseball and he's like, I don't like baseball. I don't like sports anymore because everything's all political. I went, here we go. <laughs> I was like, here we go. He got all into it about like, keep your politics here you know i was like all right or you know that whole time but i was just i was just hyping up Wrigley field and he was like well i'm a tiger fan and michael let me explain to you how i like sports and i was like okay and it was like the morning after like you know aew which was a whole the whole to do and i'm like all right what's up so i'm listening and he's just like 
you know, you got to talk about, like, you just started talking about random stuff, like Ken Burns stuff. Like, we, we love Ken Burns baseball. And um, I'm like, well, I, I wish my, uh, my partner was here. He, he's more into the history of baseball. And he was just, then he went into the whole, like, just like crazy, like weird leagues and stuff. And I was like, uh, oh, the Tigers, you know, they haven't won. You know, they, they, you know I like, you know, the Tigers I respect and stuff. And he's like, he just went into it. He was just sort of like, well, Chicago is different. It just, the way he talked, it was like, he's Canadian who roots for the Tigers. Living in Windsor. Windsor, yeah. But he was like, right across from Detroit. Yeah. If the Lake Michigan and all that. But um, I was like, I wish he was, he got into the whole, uh, because again, going back to the mall, um, the Nero League. Lake Ontario. You're right. You're right. So, uh, so he was talking about like, because we saw like shirts and stuff in the mall. I had never seen it in, in, in a mall before. Um, the Negro Leagues and all that. And we talked about that on Black Seats almost a year ago. And he was just saying, he went into the whole spiel. And I was able to drop knowledge about Babe Ruth. He was like, I had a great grandfather who was born in 1880. And he's like, and he would refer to Babe Ruth as George Herman Ruth. Like, like and I went to like interject and he was just like, he looked at me and he, and he went back to his spiel again. And uh, I was able to give the whole thing where, where we're from, we have uh, country clubs all over in like Westchester and stuff. And uh, Babe Ruth would, would always be late for the games. So they would, uh, they cut a hole through the tunnel near um, in East Chester. I told that story and he just looked at me. He was just, he just like completely just like no sold me. I was like, all right, all right, just drop, drop me off, drop me off the terminal, whatever. Um, but I had, I, I love traveling. I'm so happy to be home. Uh, Chug, thanks for coming to Chicago with me. We're going to get into uh, pro wrestling as well. Any other final thoughts on the Chicago, just the Chicago? Yeah. It was nice. I always wanted to go to Chicago in the summertime. I wanted to go, um, well, I was thinking more like downtown and like by the river and all that stuff. But at least now, you know, Wrigley Field was something that I had to do and we did. And it was a exciting game. I want to go back, um, who knows, next year, maybe. I want to go to like all kind of different ballparks um, up and down the USA. Like I would love to go to all 30 if possible. So I went to the second oldest park in the major leagues and we, we had a good time. I, I enjoyed it. Had a good time with you too. Yeah. So on our trip over the weekend, um, the main event, pretty much like the, the main reason why we were there was pro wrestling related. Um, so, uh, I mean, you, you, eyewitness, uh, the fandom, the, Marks like me, you know, like the crazy fans and stuff, like wacky and stuff. We all love it. Um, but besides that, I know that you're a uh, laps fan, or you know, you, you you rock the Eddie Guerrero shirt, the NWO shirt, um, Wolfpack shirt. Um, you know, it's 2021 wrestling. Is it as popular as it was? No. Um, uh, I can't even notice. I can't even tell because I'm. I just been always a fan. Um, 
but you got a firsthand witness. I, I, I made the joke when we were waiting online for a long ass time to get into the arena for the pay-per-view of AEW. I was like, Shug is a uh, vice undercover uh, journalist because you're, you're eyewitnessing the insanity that is like these fans, you know, I'm one of them now, you know, I guess I am. Um, but what's your takeaway from the whole weekend? Just like, just wrestling. Cause I know we'll get into the whole like, nitty gritty of, uh, of the whole pay-per-view and stuff, but AEW, WWE, what's going on right now in wrestling? Okay. Your opinion as a, as a fan, as a laps, uh, I well, I mean, I think what I learned between like that convention and um the shows we went to, we went to both um Rampage on the Friday mm-hmm. night, which was I think like an hour long show, right? Yeah, it, it's basically like AW's version of uh, Sunday Night Heat. Okay, so yeah. we did that on Friday um when we first arrived to to um Illinois and. Then Sunday we did all out, all out, all in, all in, all out, all in was the original one from 2018. All out is like the AW pay per view. Okay, because I have the the shirt you bought me here. Oh, there we go. And hey, Mike always buys me like a shirt like too big, so I'll use that to um, cover up when I go to sleep. It runs. They run tight. Yeah. Oh, hey, let me just say right now. I was there. Let me just say right now, when I got home, you know, I was representing, I was like, I'm back home. I'm like, I'm excited. I had my huge ass headphones that are not working right now. And some guy was like this to me. He was like this, pointing at me like this. And I was like, what? Like, I, I, like I just got home. It was like the morning of, I guess, Tuesday. You were still in Chicago or whenever. Yeah. Tuesday when you, when you left and the guy's yelling at me. He's wearing a hat. It's a, you know, everything is like Afrocentric, like like medallions and stuff and all this stuff. And these guys are yelling at me. He's like this, like to me. And I go, I turn it off. I go, did I do something? And he goes, I love pro wrestling. I love it. He's like, that was the greatest fucking wrestling I've seen in years and years and decades. And I was like, I was there. Mm-hmm. And I had the shirt. I was like, I was there. And and then, then I went to the whole spiel again of us. Uh, I was like, yeah, me and my buddy went there. And then as I'm like, you know, like in the airport where like get the escalator thing with the walk one, he slowly just like drifted away from me. And I was like, all right, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Cause I did the whole, like, yeah, we we talk about wrestling. We talk about everything, whatever. And he just slowly just disappeared. And I was all right. But you know, like, I've been promoting you know, the show the whole week. Our show, Show Me the Money, mm-hmm. um, available on YouTube and every audio uh, platform. Um, yeah, but it's like the energy in the air for like wrestling fans. I haven't seen it in like, besides a year and a half ago, when I would wear like a Jericho shirt, like the AEW Jericho shirt when AEW just started mm-hmm. a year ago. Oh, Jericho, he still wrestles? And I'll be like, yeah, he's there, man. He's he's doing his thing. And like people start conversations with you because you're wearing like a like a wrestling thing. Mm-hmm. Um the last time before that was like 20 years ago when we were kids. You know? 
Well, that was nice because I thought I was being asked what I thought. <laughs> um, no, I'm listening. Yeah. So, like I said, we went to, to both events mm-hmm. and I, I thought to myself, I was like, wow, because this is our second, well, technically, if you count, I'm going to just lump both of those together. But this, this is our second time going to wrestling together. And I was, the first one was Raw back in September 2019. Might be like, as a matter of fact, I think it's like um, two years to the day now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went because Stone Cold Steve Austin was hosting. And I remember like when we left um, All Out, I was telling Mike, I was like, damn, like, that was a really good show. Like, I'm going to remember this for, for, like, a while. And I'm, like, Rampage, between Rampage and All all Out, that, like, it's, it's so memorable. And I'm, like, that Raw that we went to was, and this, that Raw we went to was three hours long. And I think, mm-hmm. like, the wrestling and the entertainment of it all was way better in that one hour than it was in the three hours we had that Raw. And I was thinking, I'm like, the that Raw, if Stone Cold wasn't there, I couldn't even tell you what happened, mm-hmm. what the matches were, any of that. Like, I don't recall any of it, but all, all out, like, top to bottom was great. Like, I think the only match that wasn't, like, so great was the one with the Big Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right before the main event, too. Yeah, because I figured, like, they, you know, it, you can't have, like, too much. You can't have the, the, the crowd get, like, kind of worn out. So you kind of have that break where, you know, people could kind of, like, regenerate, you know, re-energize for, for, the, for the main event, which was um, Kenny Omega and um, Christian Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, it's, like, it's Big Show. He's a Hall of Famer, whether or not, like, people want to recognize that or not. Like, he's... The only person I think in wrestling history who was a WCW champion, ECW champion, and WWE champion. So he's he's significantly significantly great. Um, and he's somebody I've been watching in wrestling since I started. So it was cool to finally see him in person. Um, but that being said, I was like the whole weekend I was just like. Wow, like there really is. I think like me, I consider like you 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 say a lobster or something. I just think I'm a fan of um wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I think um what you what I classify you as well as the other people we interacted with are wrestling fans. So like you're you're more in depth with it because you know, there was a couple of things you wanted to you went to that I didn't go to because I was just like I didn't like care for uh-huh. it. And then I remember when we were in the ballroom and I was telling you, I was like, wow, I think I'm like, I was like, I'm the only black person here. And then I seen this guy, this black dude in like a DX jersey. And I was like, oh, there's another black guy. But then he got up and I saw like his hair was all like fucked up and he he didn't have like a good lineup and shit. So I was like, nah, he ain't black because ain't no way you're living amongst black people looking like that shit. So I was like the only like legitimate black person at the thing, but I seen the appreciation that people have for wrestling based business that I just didn't have. But um, when we get in depth to it, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that like a little bit more in depth 
But it was cool as all. I like Rampage. It was cool because I, I guess it was Rampage is like you said, like a Sunday night heat type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like that one, we was able to sit like four seats, like mm-hmm. right in the action. And then at all out, we were literally in like the last row. And, and it was the same seat. price. It was the yeah. same exact price. The ticket was the same exact price. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I was it sold out. Uh, I was like explaining out. to people, I was like, the the rampage probably. Um if if you I don't well, I know like a lot of wrestling fans listen to this shit. So um try not to be like offended. But I think if you like you didn't know wrestling was fake, like it confirmed it for me when I was there at Rampage and I was like up close to the action because I was watching it and I'm like maybe like 20 feet away from the shit. And I'm just like, this shit looks like they're like play wrestling, like they play fight. And like, you know, when you you and your buddy are like slap boxing, uh, like you can see the punches not even connecting and the, 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 the slams and like. You know, all of the very telegraph shit. So I was, that being said, it was very refreshing actually being upstairs at the pay-per-view because I was able to enjoy like wrestling for what I remember it as while being there in person because um, that Lucha Brothers. um, So Cage. Yeah. and, And Young Bucks like Cage match was like, that was the kind of shit that got me into wrestling in the beginning, steel cage matches, um, weapons, blood, like it was like fascinating to watch in person. It was like not a single match on there that made you like, oh, all right, like I'm gonna go with the the concession stand. Um, even the twenty women battle royal, like mm. it was on for a while, but it was it kept you engaged. It was really really fascinating stuff. I couldn't hold it in because my I have bladder issues. And no one's there. I'm going to get a hot dog for Shug because I'm like, you hungry? You know, whatever, whatever. Going out there to get it. No one's there. It's desolate. Completely no one there. Like, deserted. In the bathroom, I'm out 30 seconds later, 45 people in each line. Like, I was like, is it a woman's match? I was like, no, I was like, no offense. Um, which is a shame because like I fucking love you know, it was have, yeah, hell yeah, man. They have great they have great talent just in general. Like it has I wasn't was missing off for a world. Uh, yeah, and then well, I mean, you know, shout out to Te Conte. Um Hi. Yeah, you know, I'll say I'll, I'll you know, but honestly, like got a couple of new favorites now from not much too. Me now. Um if you if you guys are you know watching or if you're if you're listening and then you are on like social media and stuff, um, it, I haven't even watched any clips from the pay per view. I just remember uh, hanging out last row, guy next to me going, younger, <laughs> his wife or girlfriend, whatever, just like completely, just like like eye rolling and I and shrugging because he's like uh he's having a good time you know we all had a good time and um he was all about like just you know letting it out I let it out you know just that that whole thing where it's like um 
you need that moment where you're just like, okay, I've been waiting. I've been you know doing my thing. You feel good. Everything's all right. You know, but uh, nothing bad, you know, nothing crazy happened. Um, I don't, I, I don't want to shit on Uber. Uh, the negative thing from the weekend was the Ubers because I look at my phone and it says 20 bucks. And then I know where it's like $20, $100, you know? Um, and that was a huge anxiety thing that popped up. And um, something I feel like, ah, oh, shit, man. Like planes, trains, and automobiles. Like, honestly, this is what happened. Or it's like, damn, I wish they, I, well, I should have, you know, planned more. But this this place, they can't have it next year. Next year, all out, 2021 or 2022, you can't have it. You can't have it there. You have to go into United Center. You have to do Chicago, like legit Chicago, right? Yeah, well, you know, the, <laughs> kind of on the plate, like everything that happened. So there's a lot of stuff that happened in the actual show. So, you know, it's one of those things that I don't know, depending on how far and how long AEW is, you know, around. Who knows? Maybe it might last longer than WCW did. But I feel like it was one of them, the, the, those moments where it's like, it might have been like a watershed moment for yeah. wrestling because it had all these different things. Um, CM Punk, who somehow we didn't even mention at all, but CM Punk made his wrestling return first time since 2014. And then um, Adam Cole, at the end of the, the night, he comes out and he, he joins um, Kenny Omega and his, his little clique, uh, which people it was a 50 50 type of thing and it was it was very very unexpected and then the one thing that i guess like cm punk kind of like telegraphed a couple weeks ago was like yeah you got to be a little patient for that Mm -hmm. but mike was saying that um supposedly um at an event in like a week or two here in new york is when he thought daniel bryan was gonna come out and he actually came out um towards the end and people kind of figured like AEW is getting a lot of people from WWE um, who are still relevant in WWE and then you got somebody like Adam Cole where it's just like he didn't even get his shot yet because he you know the writing was on on the wall and they had this report that came out um, today or yesterday where it was that the plan was that his main roster Call up was gonna involve him being Keith Lee, who I'm a big fan of. You know, mm-hmm. like to see brothers wrestling. Was gonna be like Keith Lee's like manager, and it's like, all right, this dude's young and he's still entertaining, but I guess he's not a big guy. He's not a Vince McMahon guy, so he's like he's better suited to be a manager, which is horrible. Mm-hmm. Um. It was disheartening to to hear that news, you know the the Keith Lee Adam Cole stuff, but it's not shocking because we we've seen a lot of guys who've been great in NXT, um NXT NXT UK, all these different facets get called up to the main roster and kind of just go out with a whimper, and some 
you know, float for a little bit and some just end up sinking because WWE creative doesn't have anything to do with them. And um, post, like off air, Daniel Bryan, um, you know, highlighted a lot of that shit. And I've always thought with like CM Punk, it was funny because on Friday, like he came out to do um, commentary and then he wrestled on Sunday. And I was telling him, like, I was like, bro, like seeing him in person because I never liked him when he was mm. in, as a character. Mm. I didn't, I wasn't a fan of his as a wrestler in WWE, but I was understanding and supportive of his reasonings for not wanting to be on WWE. Um, and Daniel Bryan kind of like highlighted a lot of the stuff like he was talking about where it's just like, you know, in WWE, you can't even talk, you're a wrestler and you can't even say the word wrestle or wrestling. And um, it just not being about the talent. Um, it's all about like, you know, who they decide to push and who they don't. And um, even if you're supremely talented on WWE, and fans love you. Um, you're not gonna get uh, that big of a push unless the the higher ups, the Bruce Richards, the Vince McMahon's, unless they like you. Um, and whereas in AEW, every single person on our roster maximizes every minute that they get on TV, whether that's a promo, whether that's um you know, being in an actual match. And it really showed um, that night because every single match on our card was entertaining as hell. There wasn't a single moment where I was looking at it and I was just like, all right, this is a time I could go um, to the bathroom, go get a beer, go get a hot dog or look at my phone. Like, it was entertaining as hell up and down. And they have, like, a whole bunch of guys that aren't, you know, these big buff-ass dudes like some of the biggest pops I've, I've seen at, at a night, um, John Mosley, who WWE fans know as Dean Ambrose. Um, we got Jungle Boy, who I believe is Luke Perry's son. Mm-hmm. He got a big ass pop. Um, Jericho, still he's still out there, and it's like you could tell, like he's not as limber and um, he's not a spring chicken anymore, but. In his match, he broke out because it was like a retirement match. Mm-hmm. Um, if he if he lost, he had to retire. So he kind of broke out a lot of the shit you've seen him do in WCW and WWE and late WWE. So it's yeah, all he's done in AEW. Like he he kind of put four um decades of wrestling into one match, and it was just cool. MJ um MJF. He's he, you know he's he's a phenomenal individual, and it's very like interesting. Uh, so yeah, like AEW is a lot. Like, I'm not gonna sit, sit here and be like, Oh, now I'm watching like AEW wrestling every week, but I, I found that product to be far more entertaining. But I walked out of it and I was thinking to myself, I was like, Yo, WWE's days are numbered. And then about two hours later, I was like, Nah, they, they, they still got some time because. Uh, they had this wrestling event in this arena. Uh, what's it? The Wow Now Now Wow now, Arena, yes. yeah. formerly known as the Sears or Center or Sears Center. Arena. Yeah. Um, and it was in the middle of nowhere, and it wasn't like a bar or a restaurant or McDonald's or anything. The only shit that they had 
was this Holiday Inn. And you could tell it was not their first rodeo. Because me and Mike, mm-hmm. we walked in there and we needed to charge up. So I'm, you know, I was, you know, I'm telling them, I'm like, Mike, let's go into this late Holiday Inn. Let's sit down. Maybe they think we're staying there and yeah. we're, you know, just hanging out before we exactly. Let me preface it. I did the whole faith thing where I'm like, oh, I'm I, I'm here. Like, look, I acted like I was a guest. I just wanted an outlet. And then everyone else was just like ordering dominoes, just doing whatever the fuck they wanted. I was like, okay. And the guy was like flustered. I went, I'm so sorry. You know, but anyway, show a guess. Yeah. And they, they, um, like the guys there, they were working there at the Holiday Inn. Um, was that Hoffman Estates? So shout out mm-hmm. Hoffman yeah. Estates on um, Holiday Inn yeah. Express. Um, mm-hmm. they were in there like making some some dough because they were selling um some some drinks, um you know like water and soda and stuff like that out of the fridge. And then they made a lot of money, obviously, off of phone chargers. And you know it was a bitch to get Ubers and. You know, you can't really like totally put it on Uber, but it's like maybe um AEW or the venue itself should have been like, hey, this is like a big event. Like we're, you know, reach out to Uber and say, like, you know, make sure you tell drivers that you need mm-hmm. to come out here. So we were out there waiting for like out like hours. And I was just like, you know. Yes. I was like, what are we going to... Like, I was so tempted to walk up and just ask how much of a room. Because some of the Ubers were like 80, 90, 100 bucks. And I was just like, if I'm going to spend like 100 bucks, I might as well just sleep here and then try again in the morning. But the thing was, like, Mike had to fly back the next day. So I was kind of worried about him. I didn't want him to miss his flight. But eventually, we finally got an Uber. Yeah, finally, we got it. Uh, and then it was trending. Actually, it was trending on uh, Twitter. When I got home, or when I got to the uh, my room, and I go, hey, I go, um, so when we finally got back to our respective uh, hotels, I go, I'll go do the back. Yeah, they closed it at one. And then I went, and it was locked. I go, what? It was, it was an hour and a half after they shut down. I go, whoa. I was like, damn. I felt like, I was like, damn it. And then I walked through the lobby and shout out to everyone else. You know, you guys are cool the other nights, but then I was not having it. People were screaming out. Uh, they were going, here's got to be been all nice and stuff. And I'm like, not tonight. <laughs> I just want to lay down for a couple hours. Uh, I felt bad. You know, I was like, God damn, I wish. It's like having a wrestling event, like in the Meadowlands, and then like expecting people to come from like rockland county it was it was crazy but um we'll see what they do next time uh i i think next year they're gonna do the same exact thing same suburbs of chicago that's that's their bread and butter as soon as i got off the plane the first thing i saw was uh cole cabana he's the pro wrestling t guy and that's their bread and butter that's that's it they you know it's like me not wanting wanting to be in like uh, where we where we're from i respect it I, I i get it i respect it uh wrestling there's a show on tonight i was proud as hell as my man from my neighborhood he, he opened the show eddie kingston opened the show and 10 years ago 
uh, 15 more than that, but he would, uh, you know, he, he Eddie Kingston's my guy. Um, that was a great opening match. That was the first time you saw him, right? Eddie Kingston. Oh yeah, and um, the other night, the the rampage, he came out too. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. But that's the first time. Like he he did a promo on last Friday, and then he he wrestled the first opening match of the pay per view after an a splendid, a splendid uh, pay per view uh, pre show like a uh, free for all. Like hey, buy the pay per view. And I was like, I was watching. I was like, wow. I was just hoping that you were having a good time. I was like, all right, you know, like this is wrestling. This is this is the, the epitome. This is the epitome of pro wrestling. If you don't like it now, you're never gonna like it. So um, basically, that's pretty much it. Like, I was like, oh man, from top to bottom, I was like, man, I wish. And I made the joke: if uh, any NFL fans out there, Giant fans out there. When uh, you've ever, you ever you watch the NFL film thing with um, Giants Patriots first one, uh, the ref I forgot his name the one of the main uh, ump- uh, referees he was like uh, this is this is an exciting experience I don't know how it's playing on TV but this is fun and I was like yeah this is this is fun this is how it should be and um, just all the travel stuff was annoying. Basically, just keep in mind planes, trains, and automobiles, but Ubers and Uber, you owe us. Well, it got me back, but um, they did, yeah, you know, for starting and canceling, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not gonna bore the people Ooh, listening. Yeah. Um, but Mick Foley and Booker T, WWE Hall of Famers, um, they had some, some words. Uh, nothing like angry, nothing nasty, but essentially the point was it's just like WWE is in a place like if you want to get into the wrestling business, um, that people are aspiring to anymore. Like after what, not just Sunday night, this past Sunday, but um, just entirely what AEW has done since they, um, since their like conception. It's like if you if you're a wrestler and you really want to be in wrestling, like you're aspiring to be in AEW or one of these other promotions, not really WWE. It's not um it's not as um attractive as it was um growing up. And that's why I said it's a thing where, you know, me as a fan of wrestling, like WWE is still, you hmm. know, the A one company. But yeah. for somebody who's a wrestling fan, like Mike or any of the other individuals, like we were sitting around or we met um during our time there, AEW, um or any of these other companies might be it. Like you, you want to go there because you know you don't want to just be the guy or gal that's on when people go to the bathroom and go to the concession stands where WWE, they don't get behind everybody and they don't push everybody. So there's a lot of these people that people don't really care about and people don't find fascinating or interesting. But then when they go to these other companies, it's just like, wow, like I didn't know this person could do all of this. Mm. You know? I totally agree. And if you go back to one of our earliest episodes, maybe like 
16 or really early on, we talked about Orange Cassidy. And I, we had a whole episode. We had a bunch of guests and stuff. And we talked about, like, is this something that intrigues you? Do you, do you want to, like, watch wrestling because of this whole fun thing? Uh, it was Orange Cassidy. And he opened the show, pre-show. Great. Fun. It Fun. was great because that was the first time I seen him in person. He came out twice because he came out in um yeah I think he all- uh, he he was supporting somebody in the the in like a women's match. With uh best friends, so there's a whole little crew. Yeah, yeah. So they they you know I was I was hyped as you know if you listen to our same segment. So yeah, yeah. It, it was it was great. We'll see what WWE does going forward. Um. With this, how do they respond? I'm rooting for Vince. I'm ro- I, I hey, I'm rooting. I'm WWE all the way. Um, but I knew it was gonna be a shit show, a clusterfuck of. It used to be called a clusterfuck the, uh, in AEW in the first one they did. Now they changed it to like a, a ladder match, but it was called the cluster F because they were like being edgy. Um, I knew it was gonna be a, a crazy. Too many things overwhelming, too many things at once. Um, but here we are, we're, you know, we got through it, and uh, which is, you know, I had fun. I mean, I needed the release, it was great. Should I get a great time too? You know, so uh, for the most part, yeah, me too. We were all on you know, the same thing, and um, but yeah, I appreciate everything, Your tag team partner. You keep in wrestling. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's all I can say about the whole wrestling because I'm not done. Because it's on we have a, as we as we record, there is wrestling on tonight. And um, ironically, uh, the person that was supposed to come with me, we're gonna watch wrestling tonight, and there's a show that's about wrestling and stuff, and I'm like, oh night, now you like now you want to watch it, but um great time man i i had a great fucking time man i'm sorry i i had a uh nice little release from working constantly and i couldn't have had a better time without you know anyone else Shug, thank you so much yeah Appreciate no problem yep. all right so the inaugural ah. awards of the week this week there will be two awards uh, some weeks we may have more. Some weeks we only might have one. But I, I, I initially only wanted to give one, but I'm gonna give two this week. Um, so first of all, I would like to give because uh, I, I'm a huge um uh, fan of R&B music, um, of all different eras, like from the '60s all the way up until today. Um, so I was chilling and I was listening to some R&B music, uh, just a playlist going on and on. And today I am giving the award of the week for the first award of the week to Bobby Womack for being a Dirty Mac Hall of Famer. One of his famous songs I remember listening to when I was a kid, listening to R&B radio station, 107.5, 105.1, 
Um, yes. when I used to play R and B music, um, late at night before you know when I was trying to go to sleep to get up for school, and they would always play. If you think you're lonely now, which I'm gonna get back to, but he's also famous for another song across 110th Street, uh, which was used in the movie Jackie Brown, Quentin Tarantino film, but also from a movie called 100 uh, across 110th Street. Uh, he passed away in 2014. But this is the reason why he's in the Dirty Mac Hall of Fame. If you think you're lonely now, it was such a departure from normal R&B music. Because the song starts off and he's like, you know, his woman's complaining about all the things like her friends have and their relationships and, you know, her being lonely and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And usually like the R&B singer would say, oh, well. Listen, baby, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to make it right. Da, 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 da. But Bobby Womack was so cold that he was like, you know what? If you think you're lonely now, wait until tonight. Mm. He was like, if you if if, if you're unhappy, you're gonna gotta figure it out on your own. And he was like the first dude that wasn't like pandering. So that's his first induction. But that's the musical side. Now on the real lifestyle he was a really dirty mark for this one thing because his personal life section and his wikipedia on page is wild he was married to sam cook's widow and if you know sam cook he was uh tragically killed um at a young age but 26 bobby yeah bobby womack was his um like protege and how he tells it, Bobby Womack told it, was that he was just comforting his wife because he felt his wife um, or his widow was going to do something, you know, harm herself or something like that. So he claims. But he married her or he attempted to marry her while wearing Sam Cooke's, Sam Cooke's suit. He was wearing this man who passed away. He was wearing a man. He was going to marry the widow of a man who passed away in that man's suit. And that's why I say he's in a dirty mark. That's weird. Fame. Uh, I like I said, these, these awards, they're not celebratory, but they're just recognition. Acknowledgement. Um, yes. Wow. I did not expect that part. I, I'm a Bobby Womack fan. Yeah. I have all his records. I have all my brother is a he's a producer. It, uh, I, I grew up listening to vinyl, just like my brother would like make beats and stuff. And Bobby Womack was always playing and stuff. I did not know that, but that's cool. I mean, hey, I'm not in his shoes. I mean, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. It's wild. That's some wild shit. That's good to know. I mean, it's some, it's some wild stuff. And the second award, second and final award of the week will go to Drake along with Young Doug and Future for releasing Way Too Sexy, which is like the hottest song out right now. And I just remember like uh, Certified Lover Boy, it dropped Friday, the same Friday I was flying to Chicago. So I already had it in my, uh, in my mind. I was like, as soon as this drops, I'm going to download it and I'm going to listen to it through the whole um, traveling process 
So obviously in the trial, like the whole day traveling, I was able to listen to it twice. And I just remember the first listen through and I heard way too sexy. I was like, oh, all right. Um, right such Fred. Um, um too sexy. You know, everybody, when you were a kid, everybody knew that song. It was it was a popular song in the nineties. So I was like, wow, this is this is quite an artistic choice. Um and then I kept on like like adding to my tweet like replying you know like quote tweeting my tweet and i was just like oh young thugs on it and by like the 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 third time i listened to it i was like yeah this shit is like fire so i have to give credit because i'm too sexy it's such a like obscure like song it's like a, a hum- humorous song it's not meant to be like you know the song where like you can make like a uh, uh, pop out of it and that's what they did so that's why i'm giving them an award but in general certified lover boy is great i love it um it's a solid outing is it one of his best albums sure why not is it his greatest album probably not but it, it's 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 par for core it's par for the course for drake and it got um another song on there that i also really like amongst others fair trade where like the hook of the song is you know um i lost a lot of friends but i found peace and that shit spoke to me because i lost a lot of friends and i found peace peace through doing this for sure when you know one friend i didn't lose was mike and it made me reflect on this past like week and a half because actually you know actually the past two weeks because I got to reconnect with some friends I hadn't seen in a while. My boy Kev, my boy Darnell Kev, who of course did the the logo for us. Um and my boy Darnell who you've heard on this show and you know he's got his stuff going on, you know, um his his smoothie health healthy help by soul by um if you guys want to check that out um look them out look them up on um instagram um positively darnell is this is handle and when kev underscore is kev's if you need any kind of graphic design done he's he's awesome at it um i also got to see uh my nephew my niece my sister and my brother-in-law got to spend time with my mom and my brother and then got to spend time with Mike. So I was really appreciative of the week. So that's why that song Fair Trade really like hit me because um, you know, I lost friends and you know, I got peace because I I feel really like peaceful now. So that was Awards of the Week. Mike, you got any final thoughts for the episode? I have, I have a few final thoughts. Uh Shug, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh I was waiting the whole summer to hang out with you and everything we had a great time i appreciate you uh we do it every week you know we do it all the time we we, we talk we do the we do the show and everything um i want eventually just do us live together because um you know yeah we attempted it I just didn't work out this week it, it yeah well, eventually um, we will but uh i think you're uh, if I ever met anyone who like you remind me of myself, good, you know, you remind me of myself. That's what we're doing. We're rocking and rolling. Um, 
I'm so appreciative of your Richard Donner uh, video. If anyone didn't check it out on YouTube, Richard Donner, Goonies, you know, all that stuff. Um, great. You can listen to us all you want, but the visuals make it more, uh, you know, it's great. You know, that's that's the whole goal of what we're doing. Um, I'm going to shout out to Al, um, Elbow Drop Art. Uh, they, he did a great job on our uh, John Hughes. We're doing a whole John Hughes thing. Um, we visualized it. I asked him to do it. He did Wrigley. Me and you had Wrigley. We went to Wrigley a week later. Anything is possible. We had another thing coming up. Anything is possible. That's the words I'm going to use right now. And I'm going to quote the Scott Hall thing. Scott Hall from uh, his Hall of Fame induction. Uh, uh, bad times don't last, but bad guys do. So I'm going to end with that. Yeah, man. And, you know, we usually do a whole run through of like sports. So I'm going to run yeah. through it real quickly because it's, 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 um, it's not been a banner day or banner like couple of weeks um, since I've not been in New York. It was interesting, too, because I was thinking to myself, like, wow, I really get to see what it feels like to be a professional athlete because I only slept in my mm. bed um, <laughs> like one time. Uh, in like the last week and a half before I came back to New York um, a couple of days ago um, because I, I went up to Syracuse for the state fair, which was great, which was phenomenal. If you're a New Yorker, um, please go. Um, this year it was kind of like um, kind of scaled down, obviously, because of the pandemic. So hopefully, I know we keep on saying these things, hopefully we go back to normal. But hopefully mm -hmm. next year it's um, – uh, more the same, but I think they did a phenomenal job with what they had. I got to see the Beach Boys, got to see Nelly, got to see Sheena Easton. My club, and oh, Sheena Easton, he's I was, yeah, I was telling, I was telling Mike about that, so it was really cool. And as I, you know, stated in the awards segment, like I got to spend a lot of time with my family because you know, other than the people I live in my house, it's like you don't really get to see even your family for a while. So it was cool to see not only all of these friends, but also my family. But I like, like I, I really got to see what it felt like to be a um, sportsman. I mean, to be actual um, athlete somewhat in like, you know, living out of a suitcase and stuff like that, because uh, Tuesday, Monday, when Monday and like Tuesday before I went to the airport, I was just like thinking to myself, I'm like, I just want to go home. Like I was ready to leave. Um, Sunday night was that at in, in the holiday and not to be old candid. I was like, I just want to go home. Yeah, and I, was, I was like, dude, I'm looking at you and you're looking at your phone. I'm like, I just want to go home, man. Yeah, bro. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I was there now alone though, and I was like, man, I just want to go home, bro. Yeah, yeah. Tired. Yeah. So whenever I'm like watching like um a playoff game um in any sport i'm like yeah they get you know it's a home field advantage home court advantage they got to sleep in their own bed and da, 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 da. i'm like I'm, I'm not gonna be like oh they're in these five-star hotel who cares if they sleep in their own bed um but yeah like it was funny because when i drove up 
when we were driving up to Syracuse, like the Yankees were starting a game and it was their 13th straight win. Um, so when, when we got to Syracuse, they won a 13 game winning streak. And then since then, I think they've gone like two and 11 um, in the games that they've played. So it's, it's been a miserable time, but Sunday we have um, the giants who are going to start their season and, I was telling Mike before the show, I was like, you know, we haven't, I don't think we've won a season opener in like a long time. Um, a matter of fact, it's been so bad. Like we've been like, we haven't gotten our first win until like three or four weeks, sometimes even six weeks into the season. So I'm hoping like they start off on a good foot against um Denver and we could start off on a win and we could talk about that next week. The one thing that's for sure is that the, Cowboys are already 0 for 1, so that, that makes me smile a little bit. Um, but as Mike stated, a lot of stuff being uploaded to the YouTube channel. More and more stuff will be uploaded. Um, you guys are watching the Sugar Reviews of Bruce. Those you guys could always count on because I think I have about like three years worth um to, to do. I just gotta finish them and upload them, and then all our other stuff. Uh, let's not well, I completely forgot. Derek Jeter, thank you so much. You got inducted. Yeah. Derek Jeter. Yeah, yeah. And it was a lot. Yeah. I, I was just a mute. It was funny to me. I don't know why I was like shocked by it. The amount of people I was just like, Derek Jeter is overrated. Cause I'm like, anything like Derek Jeter when he retired, when he got inducted to the Hall of Fame. When he played, oh, he's overrated, he's overrated. And I'm just like, I don't understand how, like, in a sport where there's three things on a scoreboard, Mike, because we, we were just out of baseball game. But we, we know the sport. Runs, hits, and errors, right? So, Derek Jeter scored over 1,900 runs, which is a lot, because only a handful of players have, like, 2,000 runs scored. Um, he has he's sixth sixth all times all time in hits. So that means any person that has ever played a major league baseball game and had one major at bat, major league at bat, there's only five people who played the sport of baseball that have more hits than Derek Jeter. And then the errors because everybody points to like the defense, right? Yeah, I'm just like okay, like. Oh, oh my God! Like there's this game on like May third against like, um, Seattle. Uh, Derek Jeter let a ball, a ground ball with eyes, get past him that like some other like shortstop would have like caught. Like who gives a shit? If it ain't an error, it's a hit. Like could he have saved the hit, perhaps, or could another shortstop save the hit? But who the fuck cares? And I'm like the defensive shit. Like talking about defense and baseball. Is somebody really reaching? Because you know what? Routine play, right? You ever heard the, the term routine play? Of course. It's only used in baseball. Like, nobody says, oh, that was like a routine, like, man-to-man um, block or a routine block in, in basketball. Like, anybody could have got that. So, it, or in football, like, that's a routine tackle. Like, nah, sometimes you, you miss it. Sometimes the guy's too fast. Um. You know, it, it, it's just weird. And then in baseball, it's just like, you know, 
half of baseball's history or all of half the people are on the baseball hall of fame played before games were regularly televised so it's like you look at Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth was not Mike Trout when he was in the outfield. But nobody says, oh, Babe Ruth might have not been a great defender um, because nobody has sabermetrics. I mean, sure, they probably retroactively did sabermetrics with, like, you know, newspaper stories. But thank you, Mike, for making me doing one of your, your rants. Um, off the rails. Off the rails for the first time. I'm usually off the rails. Going um, for no, because I had a... I had a kid, um, you know, a, a guy I follow on Twitter. He's cool as hell. So shout out to him. Where he was like, you know, Derek Jeter is a bit overrated. And I was just like, a bit overrated. So, like, what does that even mean? And it's crazy because I'm not like a rah rah Derek Jeter guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying Derek Jeter is the greatest yeah. baseball player in like history, but, you know, there are better players than Derek Jeter. But, you know, my favorite Yankee of all time is. Bernie Williams, but I'm not. You can't, you can't. You can't sit down and say like Derek Jeter is like overrated. I think Derek Jeter is rated adequately. Anybody that says Derek Jeter is overrated, they're underrating him. Um, either way, that's neither here nor there. But on the road again, we're back home. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Home, home sweet home. home. Yeah. But we're, we're back home, and this has been episode 67 of Shug Me the Mooney. Shug Me the Mooney. Shug Me the Mooney.